0: And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...
0: you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show.
2: You are listening to the
0: Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, made it to a Thursday, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show, we're a Danette down. Fritzy has the day off. McLovin's here. Holly's here. Seton's here. The backroom guys are here and yours truly on the uh, Dan Patrick Show. You can get in touch in a variety of ways. Email, tweet, dial us up. Do all the above. Have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, forthcoming. Say good morning to our radio affiliates. Good morning. And Peacock, our streaming service. Download the app and you can watch all three hours for free. We couldn't charge you for this content. I'm uh, not sure there's any coach in the NFL that needs a win more than Urban Meyer does this weekend. The Jags coach hasn't exactly been getting the right kind of headlines in his first NFL stint. Uh, Got nailed for violating practice rules. He brought in Tim Tebow for a tryout. That was a failed experiment. Brought in a strength and conditioning coach with a checkered past. Um, there's a report out that uh, maybe he was uh, rubbing people the wrong way inside the organization. Then his team got blown out by the Texans. And no wonder Urban's name came up when USC fired its head coach, Clay Helton. Urban said uh, no chance that he would be interested. There's uh, no reason not to believe him. But the fact that everyone assumed he'd be interested says a lot because People don't have a lot of faith that Urban Meyer will be able to replicate his college success in the pros, and mainly because Urban Meyer doesn't appear to have a lot of patience. He better find it because the Jags don't seem to be close to becoming a winning team anytime soon. And that is the hardest part. I talked about the transition. It's one thing to go from you know, being a successful college coach to then going and being a successful pro coach because the chances are you're getting the job because – They're desperate to find somebody, and they're willing to overpay. I mean, the Dolphins, Nick Saban had success at LSU. Steve Spurrier had success at Florida. Washington rolled out the red carpet. The Jags, let's see, let's make a run at Urban Meyer. We're going to have to give him a lot of money. Uh, The Raiders to get John Gruden out of the broadcast booth. But you need a couple of successful drafts. And right now, you got Trevor Lawrence. And we're going to see if they're able to build upon that right now. But also, you're not, you not—you don't lose. You don't lose this time of the year. Trevor Lawrence doesn't lose this time of the year. Urban may lose late, maybe loses in December, but he's not losing that many games. I don't care how successful you are. It's not the winning. It's the losing. You know, you can win 10 games. It's the one loss of the two losses that eat away at you. Now, these coaches expect to win. Trevor Lawrence expects to win. He's never lost a regular season game until last week against the Texans. His losses in high school were in the postseason, and his losses at Clemson were in the postseason as well. Urban doesn't lose regular season games. He's going to have to get used to losing 10 games at, at at the minimum. I mean, imagine that for a guy who doesn't have patience And, you know, he's had total autonomy. You control everything. And now you go in and you're trying to control and you can't. And then it starts to spiral out of control. And then, you know, you get short with people. Hey, this isn't the way it's supposed to happen. We're supposed to win. And now you get national TV criticism. Because NFL coverage is different than Big Ten coverage. Everybody wants to talk about, hey, look, what's going on with Urban? Hey, you interested in USC? Urban decides that uh, apparently he doesn't want to talk to the Denver media. They have Denver coming up this weekend. They're a home underdog to Denver. You can't do that. At Ohio State, you can. Not in the NFL. And it starts to eat away at you. And then you go, what am I thinking? I'm going to go back to college as Steve Spurrier did, as Nick Saban did. And is Urban going to go back to college? That's why I think for a guy who's not interested in anything to do with USC, apparently, his name came up by everybody. First name that came up, yeah, Urban Meyer. Now, subsequently, we've heard other names. I gave you James Franklin yesterday, and uh, Bob Stoop's name came up. Matt Campbell came up from Iowa State. You know, so there's names that are going to be out there but a lot of these coaches are going to use this to get a pay raise. Urban's got a great job. He you know, he wanted to come back. He had the number 1 pick in the draft. The reason why he's coming back, he had Trevor Lawrence there waiting for him, a once in a generation quarterback. But this is all about the staff that you build, the infrastructure you have. And that's what's going to be interesting to watch with Urban because you don't you don't want to get used to losing, but you better get used to losing. <laughs> certainly this year.
1: Yeah, Paul. You want to play the guess how many regular season losses Urban Meyer had in his 7 years at Ohio State game? In 7 seasons at Ohio State, how many regular season losses did he have? 7. That's correct. One a year. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the years he had none. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how long does it take for him to get 7 losses this year? By Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> probably
2: seven what? weeks yeah what's seven weeks from today
0: <laughs> unless they're, they have a bye they're, they're going to win I mean they're going to win a couple of games and and you know I think they're underdogs in every game but they will it's like the Texans they're bad but it, it just it's really hard to go undefeated and really hard to go winless in the NFL but if you if you have that great draft class, in college you can have a great recruiting class, and that can change your fortunes. But he's so used to having the best talent at Florida uh, and, and certainly at Ohio State. You know, the coaching he did prior to that, you know, that's where we didn't know him. He wasn't on the radar as much. And the fact that he stopped through Notre Dame and wanted to have from what I'm told. He wanted to have the same kind of recruiting windows that Lou Holtz had. And they said, no, we're not going to allow you to have two players that we can get in who shouldn't be getting into Notre Dame. And he just kept driving down to uh, Florida. That was it. Urban would have been at Notre Dame. alright seven seven three dp 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP show. Here's Urban yesterday when asked about the possibility of USC.
4: You said from the the get go that this job was the kind of your dream job, was the right scenario. Uh, Unfortunately for you, some rumors came out yesterday connecting you to the USC job. I just just want to give you the opportunity to refute it.
5: Yeah, there's no chance that uh, I'm I'm here and committed to try to build an organization. Okay.
0: First of all, I think I'd phrase the question a little bit more manly. Not an opportunity to uh, refute it. How about an opportunity to comment? Yes. He... And actually, if you go right back before that, he goes, unfortunately for you, yeah.
5: <laughs> your name came up in rumors. What do you mean, unfortunately? You should be flattered that his name was the first one.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Not exactly an interrogation there, you know. Just want to give you an opportunity to refute to that. To refute that, of course. And uh, Yes, McLovin. I mean, it is pretty crazy. One game into his NFL career, and
5: he's already being rumored <laughs> for <from> other places. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's the timing of the firing at USC because you're not used to this and you're going, okay, a September firing at a big program? Mm. That's that's why I was like, wow, why would they fire him unless they knew? And, you know, Eric Bieniemy's name came up yesterday, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. And, you know, while he said, hey, that's one of the jobs that I would take in college, um, I think he still wants to be an NFL coach. But when can you get Eric Bieniemy? Let's say USC says, hey, Eric Bieniemy is interested. Uh, we'll hire you, but you have to leave now. I don't want you to be waiting until February, and you'd have to wait for Eric Bieniemy until February. And I think that's another interesting part of this is when do you get the coach that you want? Because you've opened it up and everybody knows USC has an opening now. But when do you get to take advantage of that and be able to hire somebody? It's going to be a while. And I think that that's something you gotta, you got to factor in as well. Who are you getting and when are you getting them? I don't know if somebody's going to ask James Franklin based off what I uh, said yesterday. I don't know if he was available after our show yesterday. But I'd be curious what he would say about that. Because his response that we played yesterday was not really a denial. Uh, kind of a non-denial denial. Yeah, McLovin.
5: There's nothing dumber than the fact that the assistant coaches on the Super Bowl teams can't get hired. I I don't know if they've changed the rules, but those are supposedly the best assistant coaches, and they never get the yeah. job because yeah. the guys who are out of the playoffs do.
0: But I think that they changed that or tweaked that a little bit because I know that that had been a big issue, and, and, and it was unfair to somebody who was – the more success you had – the less likely it was you were going to get hired because you were going to be playing in late January or February. This program brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. You can upgrade to the Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor for a noticeably smooth shave thanks to their six precision-cut stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave at Dollar Shave Club in stores or dollarshaveclub.com. Chris Collinsworth is going to join us in about 10 minutes from now. Uh, Yes, Paulie.
1: About a year ago, the NFL approved a change to the NFL's hiring cycle assistant coaches will be allowed to take a promotion elsewhere or interview without getting permission from their employer. So it gives you a little more wiggle room, Mm. but it's still a a kind of a crapshoot.
0: What else do you have, McLovin? Well,
5: I have a poll question. Uh, If you're Urban Meyer and you got access to a time machine, (laughs) do you go back and not take the Jags job? Do you go back and not, uh, not leave Ohio State? Or do you go back at night is a fun one? Do you start Joe Burrow over Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> Although Haskins was pretty good
0: too. Yeah, he was. He had a pretty good one and done year.
5: It's amazing that he beat out Joe
0: Burrow. Oh, That's got to go down in history. A time machine poll question. <laughs> well, I think health-wise, that, that helped the decision to step down at Ohio State. I think Urban needed to. Um there's, there's only a couple of great jobs in college football, like truly great jobs. I heard Bill Plaschke, the LA Times columnist, yesterday on Around the Horn, said, USC is one of the top three programs or top three jobs. And I went, no, it's not. No. That's the problem with, you know, these guys who are in their 50s are like, oh, you know, student body right and they, all the Heisman trophies. And, and like, kids nowadays don't care. They they don't care about all these Heisman trophies. They want to know who's the coach, can I play, and can I play on Sunday? What kind of style? What do we have? Like you're 18 years of age? What do you know? What do you know about USC? What do you care about USC? If I said, hey, what do you know about USC and what do you know about Oregon? Oh, man, Oregon's got those great uniforms. Have you been around an 18-year-old? Because I I've had four go through my uh, family here. You know they're now older, but when they're eighteen and you have a conversation with them, like what do you like? What do you want to do? They're eighteen. They're not fifty where they go. Yeah. Oh my God. USC. they like I love it. Well, yeah. We saw it at its peak. These kids nowadays, they may look at Coastal Carolina and go, Man, I I love the, I love the colors. I mean. That's what you have to understand. And and it's hard to understand that because you're going, of course you want to go play. You want to play there. What it, In your lifetime or in the last 10 years, what is it about USC that you'd go, yep, this where I want to be? Yeah, Paul.
1: Like the last star player that really crossed over at USC football has got to be Reggie Bush, right? There were, he was a household name going into his junior year and up for the Heisman, great highlights, all that stuff. Reggie Bush graduate left USC in 2005. Yeah. That's 16 years ago. Yeah. So if you're 17, you were one when he <laughs> was a star there.
0: And, and unless your parents, but then you don't listen to your parents. And when your parents go, you know, you need to go to USC. Like USC is losing some marquee quarterback or, well, you know, Southern California. These are marquee quarterbacks who are playing at Clemson and Alabama. That never happened. Sean Salisbury, you played at USC. He's going to uh, join us coming up next hour. He's agitated about this because I agree with what he's been saying. These kids nowadays, hey, what's on TikTok? And and before you go, no. They, I mean, these kids are aware of other things. Name, image, and likeness. Oh, you can take advantage of Southern California. Can you? Like, okay. It seems like when you get to the... A city where the school is the only thing. That's when you take advantage of name, image, and likeness. Southern California, USC, UCLA. It's like, uh, yeah, I got to wait in line for all the other guys who uh, are getting benefits. Yeah, McLevin.
5: Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I have LeBron here, Anthony Davis, uh, Cody Bellinger. You're not going to get to the USC quarterback until 100. Yeah, it's... But- I watched a highlight this morning, of the Florida-Alabama rivalry. In two thousand nine, Florida was the dominant team. They're like Alabama yeah. shocked Florida, like made a
0: statement. It changes, doesn't it? What do you think of my my quarterback at Florida? The uh, the kid,
5: Anthony Richardson. Yes. Well, he's not starting yet. I know, but I'm fascinated by him. Who's he remind
0: you of? Like, if Kyle Pitts played quarterback, <laughs> he's He's one of those guys, he's like 6'5", about, you know, 240. And you're just going, and that's a quarterback? He's,
5: he's- listed at 6'4", 238, and I don't think he's only 238.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a really, he was doing backflips prior to the game last week. I mean, not that, that you want that from your quarterback, but I'm just, I was, I was watching the highlights and I go, oh boy. Get ready for this. Whatever this is, and you know, it's like a train. Uh, final week. In fact, you got till tomorrow. The next great podcast contest. It's a great opportunity. Submit your podcast idea to myself, and we'll go into business together. The podcast team at iHeart uh, Radio and Tongle We're going to narrow it down. Go to danpatrick.com. We're going to select 10 finalists. We did this last year. We had almost 2,000 entries. You get a budget, an opportunity to produce a pilot episode of your podcast. September 17th is the final day to submit. Good luck. We'll take a break. Chris Collinsworth will join us. Coming up next here on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Hey guys, this is Matt
4: Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't.
0: Settle on a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all forthcoming. 877 3DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. Giants versus Washington tonight. When you have these standalone games, then everybody has an opinion. Whoever wins, we're going to be going, wow, Daniel Jones looked great last night. Or if Washington wins, it'll we'll be like, okay, they're going to be a team to uh, you know contend. NFC East it's the perception of Thursday night the standalone game the uh, standalone game on Sunday night is Chiefs and the Ravens Chris Collinsworth will be there with Al Michaels Michelle Tafoya kickoff at 8 20 and the festivities begin at 7 Eastern on football night America Chris thanks for joining us I know that you were uh, at Florida spent your college days at Florida were you recruited by West Coast teams back then?
6: I was. I got recruited by USC and flew out there knowing there was no way I was leaving Florida at 18 years old and flying and going to LA. But somebody offers you a free trip to Los Angeles. You've never been before. i would never even been on an airplane by the time I got my first recruiting trip to Florida State. And I can remember just sitting there staring out the window like this is the most incredible thing ever. But um, well, here's my recruiting trip. Anthony Munoz took me to a Lakers game. They gave him they gave him 200 bucks to take me out on the town. He takes me to halftime of the Lakers game, goes, ah, this game's kinda boring, let's get out of here. I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna go party in LA. All right, let's go do this. Drives me back to the hotel, hands me 20 bucks to get a cheeseburger and says hey it's been a great time hope you come here <laughs> takes the other 180 bucks and pockets <laughs> his sucker and goes home but as part of the trip i got to watch oj simpson play tennis they took me to his house i got to see the heisman trophy i got to sit out in a little chair and and i think it was his agent's house while they played tennis and that was that was a big part of my recruiting trip
0: we were talking about Urban Meyer, you know that that you can get a recruiting class in college and it can change, you know, your 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 program. He he can't really do that, and and, uh, and I don't know if you can get used to losing so it doesn't eat away at you as much. But you know that whole college experience of going from Ohio State, where he lost seven regular season games, he might lose seven by Thanksgiving. What advice would you give Urban to sort of? not accept losing, but somehow tolerate losing for a little while so it doesn't eat him up.
6: You know, it's a really good point that you control the whole process when you're in college football. If you have bad players, it's your own fault, right? You didn't go recruit the best players that are out there. Uh, It's a humbling experience, you know, either one way or the other. In Florida, my junior year, we switched coaches and we went 0-10-1. And I, I'll never forget that experience as long as I live, just because it was like, every time you went into one of these big lecture halls that had four or 500 people in it, or, and you would, and, and inevitably, there would be some joke made about the football tape. And I never really experienced that. You know, in high school, we were always good. We started off pretty good at Florida when you were, oh, 10 and one. And I always thought that alone, I could win one game, you know, just just one, <laughs> come on. Surely I can make enough plays to win one game in a season. And it just was so insane to go through that. And for Urban, I don't think he's ever had a losing season in college. Uh, I had him on a show once and I looked, I remember, I think it's 17 years he's never had a losing year. And sitting on the sideline the other day, watching what was supposed to be the worst team in football kind of eat his bunch alive over there. I, I don't think there's any way to get used to that. I, I don't, and I'm sure he was flattered And when some of the USC rumors were starting to kick around out there, but I don't think that's him either. I, I, you know, I, I think he'll stay the course. He's gonna be fine. He's a good coach, um, but the other thing is, you may not be able to quite work NFL players the way that you could just sort of work Tim Tebow in that crowd. The only guy that I really ever saw get away with that was Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, when he first went to Dallas, they said those were among the hardest practices in the history of the National Football League. And of course, when they went one game, I think their first year. And then after that, it was game on.
0: Yeah, I just don't know. You can see every loss on Urban's face. And there are not a lot of losses, but it just feels like, you you it's going to eat you up like you know saban when he went to the dolphins or spurrier when he went to washington you know they were like i i can't control this i don't like this i'm going back to college and i i don't want to say that urban pulls the ripcord after one year but i don't see him coaching the entire contract there because i just don't i don't think it's in
6: his dna well you know the other thing about urban is he did walk away from it at one point Right? And I'm not so sure if it was him or his family or the, the pressure. And, and, and even in broadcasting, you know, I mean, I, would I do the stuff with GFF now, and I can remember when I first started doing this, if I had one newspaper article from the San Diego Times or whatever the newspaper is out there, that was like gold, right? I could build a whole broadcast around that one article because it was before the internet, you didn't have the information, now, I couldn't, I couldn't study all of the stuff that is put in front of me if I had a month to get ready for one of these games. So there's this frustrating feeling of you're never finished. You're never ready. You're never quite ready for the game. And for somebody who's won as much as Urban has won, when he loses, he, we already know that about his personality. He takes that on himself. He internalizes that. So he's going to feel like he's not doing enough for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win football games. And you just worry about somebody who has never lost. I mean, he has never lost during the course of his career, how that will impact him because we did see him walk away once.
0: He's Chris Collinsworth, NBC. Sunday night football will be the Ravens and the Chiefs. I was saying this early, well, on Monday, that I could put together a highlight reel of Lamar Jackson – of all the incredible things he did in that first game, but I could also put together a highlight reel of all the negative things. And it's only one game. Like there was a, a, like a Brett Farvian type feel to, I I can keep us in the game and I can keep you in the game. After watching, you know, the highlights or the game footage, uh, what do you take away from what Lamar Jackson is, is trying to do or needs to do?
6: Yeah, it's not unfair, and and in particular, one thing you you take away from almost all his tape is that when the game's really on the line, that read option is no longer an option, right? He wants that (laughs) ball in his hands. Like, they almost fumbled one because the running back saw the read just like he did and knew that ball was his. He saw that guy just sitting there crashing down inside, but it didn't matter. Lamar was going to take it on his hands. Uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about during the broadcast um, is that that Lamar, I think when he has more space to work with, uh, is even better. Uh, I think of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson will drop 11 yards deep in, into the backfield. And when he steps up, that forces the angle of those defensive linemen to be much deeper. So what was happening in the game the other day, he would step up. I mean, he would only take a yard or two drop after the shotgun stab, and he would be at about seven yards, maybe six yards. And so those ends of the Raiders were just crashing almost horizontally down on him. And also impacting him was the rush up the middle. But if he were to go to a little bit more, which he did in this game some, to about a 10 or 11 yard depth and the angles of those pass rushing ends becomes much more vertical. Now they're 10 yards deep with him. When he steps up in between that, there's only two defensive tackles in there. There's not two defensive tackles anywhere in the land that are going to slow that kid down when he starts stepping up into that space. So to me, if, if I were coaching him, I would try to create as much space around him, which would meet a much more vertical drop and a deeper drop than what he's doing right now.
0: What about an empty backfield? Why not put somebody else, another lineman or another wide receiver, and just get rid of the running back?
6: They do some of that, and and, and it's a really good point. And it, and it is successful, and it does work. Um, the problem is they're playing 17 games now. And as great as Lamar is, I still think you want him picking spots. Uh, I still think that's why Justin Fields is probably – really well-served playing at least some of this season behind Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was playing Aaron Donald the other night. He knew he had to get that ball out of his hands in two seconds. His average time to release against Aaron Donald was 2.08 seconds. Now, to give you some perspective, the fastest in the league last year was Ben Roethlisberger, about 2.2. So he he knew what he had to get done. But until you watch or play against an Aaron Donald, you don't understand how fast that ball has to come out of your hands. And so, and I think in the same way, Lamar is a guy that that you wanna be able to control the rush and you wanna be able to control when you're running the football. You don't wanna be just taking off in 17 games a year and running 10, 12 times a, a game you're just not going to hold up. And, and any chance the Ravens have to, to win a Super Bowl, obviously, is built around Lamar.
0: What did you take away from the Rams that you think is going to be sustainable?
6: Oh, man, I, I, I really like Matthew Stafford. I, it, it, Dan, I, I went back. And so I didn't, we don't do that many Lions games. We just don't over the course of however many years now. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to get ready for this game. And it was about a month before the game. I'm just going to watch all of Matthew Stafford's throws from last year. I just, I've got to get a feel. So he's played in three playoff games. He hasn't won any. They trade the world for him. They're going to get him. So let me just watch what he does. He is really good. He is really good. Just remember at the end of this year, I, I came on this show very early and said, He's better than I thought. And the, the reason is, A, he's got the big gun. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But he threw some 45-yard seam routes after scrambling, after the play broke down, and threw these rocket shots inside of NFL starting free safeties in the middle of the field. And it got there before they did. On, his, on those digs and those crossing routes that are over the middle. Watch him. They didn't throw any the other night, which I was really disappointed in because I wanted to show it on television. But watch him just maneuver with his eyes, and he'll he'll get a guy to take one step, and then he's so cocky with his arm. He'll throw that thing. He'll whistle it. And I, I can't tell you how many throws in a row over the middle I saw that probably missed the linebacker's hands by a foot. It's almost like he's teasing him, like a bullfighter or something. And he's like, oh, you got to And then Ole, you know, and he's got him. And so it's really interesting to me when those guys are at the high end of that. And we don't see it that often. And we didn't see it that often because the team and in particular the defenses that he had on those teams simply wasn't very good. Are you in like or in love? I'm in like right now. I'm in like, you know, I still think that you love guys with a proven track record of not just getting to the playoffs but winning and coming from behind and being able to patrick mahomes is is a unique guy he is proven now and he proved it again the other day against cleveland that he can take a really bad situation and go over to the bench and go guys come on i got this don't worry about it you guys just go out there and run around a little bit and i I, i'll take care of this and he does. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the great ones have a proven track record that they do it not just in the regular season but in the postseason. And and I, I may love them, but I, I, but I got to see that.
0: I know that people, we love to overreact. That's why Monday's called Overreaction Monday. But is there a proper – what's the proper reaction to Green Bay's performance against the Saints?
6: Um, it was one of those puking emojis or something. I, I don't know. It, it's a, that, was, that was pretty ugly. Um, and, and I don't think it would have driven any of us crazy but for what happened this offseason. You know, I mean, that was as unsettled an off season as perhaps the city of Green Bay has ever had. Um, and people choosing sides and people, oh, let them go to Denver. We don't care. Are you crazy? You know, we're, we're love's not ready for this. You know, it just was back and forth and back and forth. And last year, we clearly saw that ticked off Aaron Rodgers. He did not like the fact that they drafted Jordan Love, right? He did not like that. He came into camp and he was mad. And you know, Aaron, he's he's really good when he's mad at the world and and focused and locked in. And this year, they sort of went through whatever they went through uh and so even if they get beat on opening day you go eh big deal you know okay it's gonna take a little while to get it going but the fact that they got beat like that and they got beat by a Saints team that we weren't sure was going to be any good and by Jameis Winston who threw five touchdown passes on 20 throws on 20 throws he threw five touchdown passes now you start to go did this impact okay i'm 99 sure aaron Rodgers is going to be fine he's going to bounce back he's going to play the way he always says it's going to be fine but did this somehow impact this football team in a way that is going to you know, impact them as we go through the season that's the part i don't think any of us know yet
0: we we love these lists and you know with a pro football focus or nfl network or espn like you know greatest players of all time it feels like people have a problem saying Tom Brady's greatest football player of all time because he's not a great athlete. Like greatest resume, how do you how do you, you, you kind of uh, define that? Greatest player of all time, is it the greatest athlete who is also great at his job? Like Jim Brown or Lawrence Taylor or whoever you want to throw in there, but or is Tom Brady the greatest player of
6: all time? um let me ask you this question yep. this is my legal training coming ooh, back ooh, you, you know you his, are a lawyer well i'm not a lawyer but I, I did graduate so that that counts for something okay was babe was babe ruth a great athlete yes he was yeah so could tom brady be that same kind of great athlete so in other words i i don't think i i mean to me among the greatest athletes I have ever seen in my lifetime is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods never gave up the lead in a sport that is built to choke. How many times have you and I played golf and we've been through a thousand situations, we've broadcast Super Bowls, we've we've been at the free throw line with the game on the line, We've we've done all that stuff. And yet there's something about holding a golf club that makes you choke. It, you, you just do it. Anybody would be lying if they said they never choked on the golf course. And this guy, for I don't know how many tournaments in a row when he had the lead, never spit it up. He never gave it up. So to me, great athletes, it's as much about what you do in those moments with everything on the line. And Tom Brady, time after time after time, has just delivered on that. And and now you can't even say, oh, well, it was the Patriots. It was the great teams. It was Belichick. It was whatever. It was his ability to to bring that team together. They all talk about the text and the and the messages that, that he sent before that Super Bowl to where they walked in that stadium and they didn't think they were going to win. They knew they were going to win because they had Tom Brady at the helm.
0: So you would say Brady's greatest football player of all time? Not even close. Great to talk to you as always, Chris, and uh, we'll be watching on Sunday night. Uh, My best to the family. Thank you, bud. All
6: right, man. Good seeing you, Dan. That's Chris
0: Collinsworth, NBC. Sunday night football, Al Michaels and uh, Michelle Tafoya. Interesting uh, USC uh, answer. They've gone over to OJ's house to watch him play tennis. Oh, boy. Uh, Football Night in America starts at uh, 7 Eastern. Could I have been clumsier in asking the question about Tom Brady, greatest football player of all time? Like, uh, he's a great athlete. And then uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor and Jim Brown. And then, uh, God,
1: shut up. Yes, Paul. No, I think you have to do the semantics of the question. Because when you say the greatest football player of all time, is it resume? Is it ability? Is it um, career? Yeah, but
0: he, I I should have just said, who's the greatest football player of all time? Want to call him back? Nah, he's probably still listening. (laughs) Sorry, Chris. I, I Yeah, he, he just gave me a thumbs up. Sorry about that. It took forever. Just spit it out. <laughs> spit it out. Damn. Uh, let me prove that I know football. Let me uh, say this to Chris Collinsworth here. God, shut up. You had a bunch of good questions in there. You had a bunch of it's a great I, it, point. It's, it's a great point. Chris said it several times. I know. I know. But it, it, it was a bad, poorly worded question. And I can't blame Fritzy; He's not here. Like it's, that'll stay with me for the next two and a half hours. Yes, McLovin, you look like you're poised to say something.
5: There's no way Tom Brady's a better football player than Deion Sanders or Randy Moss. I'll just say that.
0: All right, we'll take a break here. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
7: He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan and We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex.
2: Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
0: Want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about Timeless Legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. They got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback and uh, host of the Sean Salisbury Show in Sports Talk 790 in Houston and the former USC quarterback. <laughs> Hi, Sean. How
7: you doing? I'm listening to you talk about Dan Brown. Hi, I'm Sean. You're James Patterson. Uh, I, I, but here's my problem, Dan. I went, to, I went to H-E-B grocery store the other day. I thought the same thing, and the grocery checkout guy says, "Well, I check out groceries. What kind of celebrity are you?" So i go through that every day of my damn life. You just went through it once. Good yeah. to be on with you, man. How are
0: you? I'm good. Good. Good uh, to good. talk to you. I saw. I saw your uh, your tweet where you were a little fired up about your your alma mater, USC. Uh, what makes you most upset about this situation?
7: I, I'm quite tired of our alma mater. Us as former players. Uh, Board of Regents, alumni fans, and you know, Dan, I love my Trojans, and you're familiar with our – we've talked about it for many years – is the arrogance and pride that we think a 17-year-old kid who plays Madden has any idea that I played or that we won a national championship in 78. They don't care. Hey, man, you got to do it the Trojan way. Yeah, what's the Trojan way? Going 8-3 and, and and ended up in, the, in El Paso and playing in a game at UTEP? And I, I'm being a bit facetious, but, Dan, that, it bothers me because we got to get out of that mode of 17-year-old kids had about, have about a five-year attention span. They want to know about name, image, and likeness. They want to make sure they can play on TV every week, national TV. They want to make sure they can play for a national title. They want to make sure that, uh, that the NFL's waiting on them and that you understand what you know, where they're coming from. The kid at modern day, think about this, Dan. The kid at modern day knows more about the uniforms at Oregon and they're a good program than they do about student body. Right? So if you're going to be the next coach, you better buy in. So the arrogance of us see the history and tradition of a program. Those kids can get that when they get there, the history is for you and I to mull over Dan. Remember when I was in 1981 and I was a recruited and you say that to a kid, and he goes, "No, no, no, Sean, I didn't even know you did that, man." And that's probably the grocery checker kid, let alone the recruit. So you got to understand, Nick say that you got to do the now and what's happening, the what's going to happen the next five years for them. That's what they want to know. They could care less about history and tradition. That's just the, that's the era we're in, and that next coach better understand that, and he better keep guys in a 150-mile radius in the state and in the Southern California area and at USC.
0: Okay. Is this a marquee job that you can go out and say, Hey, we want you like we can pick and choose who we want. Is it st- um, a great program?
7: It, it, it's a it, Dan, the name's great. And I don't want this to sound conflictory, uh, conflictory to what I said. It's still, people still know who USC is. The problem is we can't, it's like going in and misplaced, when you're going through an interview, misplacing what you're trying to sell about your program. I'm not trying to sell Marcus Allen Heisman trophy. When you walk into McKay center, you'll see that once we got you on campus, Dan, when I was there and before me and after me with all those great players, and I wasn't one of them, like we, you know, we need dogs in the program. We got good players. Don't misunderstand me. But think about four of the top quarterbacks in college football. They're all playing in the SC they're playing somewhere else. And it's not a knock on slow, but it's just the, the yearly thing. We used to be, if you came in and uh, think about a dog in your backyard, and, and we need dogs in the program, but it used to be that in our backyard, if you wanted to take us out of Southern California, that you had to come in, pick us up, steal us, and take us, and here's the recruiting trip, here's where you are, here's why you want to play here. Now we at SC, we just opened the gate for you. Oh, come on out, man. Go on and play for Nick Saban. He can waltz into your backyard. When a guy at modern day knows more about Alabama's program than he does the guys that are within 30 miles or 50 miles of campus, we got a problem. Yes, it's still got that. It is USC, but we're no longer that guy, Dan. We're a guy. It's like the guy, the third, the, the backup tight end, who's trying to be that guy, but he's not yet. We're now used to be that guy. Now we're just a guy in, in college football that we're a guy to 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 Oregon, we're a guy to Clemson, we're a guy to those programs, and there's a bunch of us: Florida State, Miami, Texas, uh, Nebraska. But we're at the top of that, so we're still—it's still USC, but it isn't USC. Okay, you who gotta, are you bring? You got to recruit hard. All right, Dan, the, I'm going to let you 50, bring them in. Okay, who? I'm the I'm the AD. Yeah, who there's, are you there's, hiring? there's there's 50 guys we're going to hear, and I, I don't need to repeat the James Franklins and the Matt. Cam- I'd love I'd love to interview him. Let me give you a few that i'd be really interested in talking to and that i like i need somebody i don't care if he's 65 or 36 i need energy to match the player and understand landscapes change so a, a sneaky name why not joe brady young guy everywhere he's been joe joe Burrow. what he's going to do with Darnold, and i like him and he's done it quickly and it needs a quick turnaround and he'll have 22 first rounders a year.
0: So he's I'm the intrigued. offensive coordinator he, with Carolina. For, for
7: Carolina and who was if the LSU and Bur- Burrow had that big year. Yeah. I'm just giving you a sneak. Not, I'm not giving okay. you the Franklins or Campbell's. I, I also am intrigued with Q Freeze. Liberty's doing some great things. I like how he's turned it around. He's, he's coached in big time SEC little football. A little risky
0: though. A little, uh, little baggage. But
7: Dan, you know what? We guess what? Sometimes that baggage, it, it, it may be a duffel bag now instead of full three <laughs> three-piece suitcase. Okay. I'm willing to take a little bit of risk to get all the reward USC needs. I like Eric Bienname. And here's why. No Southern California continues to get denied in the NFL. It takes a lot to bring that guy, you know, the NFL coach who's used to it. Now he's got to go babysit in college. But enemy knows Southern California, knows recruits, and also it's a guy with so much energy. I think EB's in his fifties, Dan. But when, you, when you're around him, there's an enthusiasm that he's 30. And the also enthusiasm that he, he understands what these kids want and he can take some of what Andy's doing, what he wants. I like that. Of course, I like Jack Del Rio because there's a toughness about him. Dan, that's another thing we've lacked. We're getting our, our, our rear end taken to the woodshed physically at the line of scrimmage. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. you got to be able to do a lot of concepts, but at Nick Saban when he needs to, can hand it off eight straight times and wear you out. So those are some names, and then you're going to get your Matt Campbells, your Mario Cristobals, your you know your your James Franklins. I get it. I'm I'm intrigued with Brian Dable in Buffalo, and see what he can do. But does he even want to coach college football? So there's some names. My guy Jack Del Rio would be great because he understands the landscape and he's tough. And more importantly, Dan than just the head coach. Please find me a friggin' staff. You better have guys that want to go spend Friday night recruiting. It can't be – We Nick Saban is a great recruiter, and he still does it. But, Dan, let's face facts. Players recruit Nick Saban now, right? I want to be there. That's the way it used to be with John Robinson when I was there. I want to play for that guy. But now it's to the point you really got – you got to do some legwork. You got to drive to Bakersfield and go get that guy. You got to show up at modern day, at Crenshaw, at Verbum Day, all, all it's Crespi. And we're not doing enough with Clay Helton, a good guy. But the leadership's been lost. You have got to change it. And it can't, I don't care if it's a sexy name. I need a guy who understands the player and can recruit the player, but also where the mom and dad say, Ooh, he's going to make a million in name, image, and likeness, and we're going to play for a national title. We can't be just the guy. We got to be that guy, or we'll continue to be chasing teams like Oregon and other teams in the Pac 12.
0: Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, and of course, uh, host of the Sean Salisbury Show, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Hey, how about them Texans, man?
7: Um, Well, Dan, probably a one seed in the NFL playoffs because we don't <laughs> overreact on the uh, uh, first week. Dan, the, the one thing I did, and I'll say this out loud and, and scream to the high events, I think that Tyrod Taylor was perfect for what they had to have this year. I think he's a more patient quarterback than Deshaun Watson because he doesn't have the hero syndrome. Have to make every play. But in the process, Deshaun will make 50 more plays against great teams. I don't know how much chance they got against Cleveland. Uh, It may be a little bit of Toledo versus Notre Dame, but if they can play like Toledo did, we may have a shot. But they're going to have to do everything perfect because I still think Cleveland, after their performance, is a Final Four Super Bowl caliber and could be in that position. But the Texans better enjoy it. And that's why I'm glass half full. Enjoy it while you can, because you may not be jumping and hitting your head on the ceiling many more times during this season.
0: Great to catch up with you as always. Thanks for bringing the passion. I appreciate
7: it, brother. Thanks for having me on.
0: That's Sean Salisbury, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Sean's all fired up there about his alma mater.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.